right, so this should be episode 32 of the show that I call Both Laugh, the Dying Scene Quarantine Chat Show. Um, I, of course, am Jay Stone. And I to say that I'm lucky to be joined by the two fellas that are joining us today is, is putting it mildly um, because both of you represent a significant portion of the music that I've listened to almost exclusively for the last 15 years, uh, <laughs> it, it, including one of my favorite songwriters of all time. So Chris Wallard and Chad Darby from Ship Thieves, welcome and thank you for doing this. This is, a, this is an honor for me. Oh, it's our pleasure, you know, thanks for taking the time to, you know, talk about whatever we're about to talk about. <laughs> well, we'll certainly talk about the new album, although your hat uh, and the fact that I live in New England, uh, congratulate. I don't know whether to say congratulations or you're welcome for the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, man, it, it wasn't, you know, it's a team sport. So let's just say that it's a well, team sport. He didn't do it on his own, but he sure did inject uh, a crazy passion in the team. And, and yeah, man. You know, being in Tampa his whole career, I'm going, how are we ever going to compete with some of these teams? You know, Tampa's not known as like, the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to even finish that statement. Best sports <laughs> organization ever. Um, well, but, and they have the Stanley Cup too, Tampa does. So uh, Tampa's yeah, doing okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Rays went to the series as well. I mean, they... They didn't triumph, but uh, this was a great year for Florida sports, especially in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's congratulations or you're welcome, but congrats to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's talk about Eruption. The The album is out, I guess it's next Friday at this point, March 12th, correct? On a new label, uh, Chunksa Records. Um, first off, how did that come about? It's We're not with no I, no idea anymore. Um, but you've hooked up with Kate and the Chunksa folks. Uh, Kate is one of my best friends on the planet. So that's how that happened. <laughs> um, I mean, she was at our wedding and um, I've been around the world with her and, and I just love her to death. I've, I've known her forever and I've known her brother, John, even longer. Um, I just love Kate. I think she's just a fantastic person and uh, and the time was right for us to um, do it you, you know I, I think I think I wanted to work with a great friend you know I, I didn't want to work um, any other way on this record I, I think we put a lot of time and thought into this record and uh, um, I just love Kate to death and, and the souls guys, um, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to me, you know, um, I wanted this to be more of like, a, an art project, um, where it was only people that really kind of cared about it. We know we're not going to make a lot of money, you know, yeah. so let's, you know, I don't know. Kate, Kate is just such a wonderful, just human being. So. And it, it seems like uh, your camp and the Souls camp have always been sort of cosmically linked anyway. Yeah, yeah. And 
I mean, even before we ever met him, I remember like the Avail guys being like, oh, <laughs> once you guys meet the souls, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, uh, you just everybody always told us that. And then we started kind of meeting them around just to, like when when we'd be in New York, you know, we'd go out to bars and stuff. And uh, I think we met Keeneland first. Um, but all of those guys are just awesome. And I don't know what it is. We're, we're, you know, they're in the big city and we're down here in the swamp. So we come from really different places. But um, there's just like a magic when we're all in the room, you know. Uh, I, th I think we all are just, we've been, we've been lucky enough to do so much together that, um, you know, I mean, they're just wonderful friends, wonderful friends. I've been playing the album a lot uh, because it's great. Um, and I, every time a Ship Thieves album comes out, I do the same thing. But uh, my wife, I was playing it while I was making dinner tonight. And she says, you know, this, it sounds like the Ship Thieves, like it sounds sort of like the sound that came together on the last album on No Anchor. It, it sounds like that, but amplified. Like yeah. the grooves are bigger, the bass grooves are bigger, the drums are bigger, like the choruses are bigger. Does that make does that make sense? Like it's it's a Ship Thieves album just kind of blown up to eleven. Yeah, Chad, you want to say anything about that? Um, I mean, I mean I you, think... you and Bobby had, had by that by the time we did that record, you and Bobby had done a lot of stuff together. So. Yeah. Yeah, and by the end of, I guess, Canyons, really, we kind of, I think that's, I mean, we've talked about that a lot as a band. We kind of, we wrote uh, Poison Friends, and that was kind of like the, this thing that happened where we all kind of like gelled together. And we're like, okay, this is kind of like this, we're a band now, and this thing is happening. And then yeah, yeah. through No Anchor, we kind of were finding that. Uh, and yeah, definitely uh, on the new album, it's, it's, it's definitely like we have found ourselves like a solid unit you know i mean the rhythm section the guitars the vocals like addison jumping in uh and like a bigger capacity than he was before yeah uh, singing and songwriting and uh yeah it's definitely I, and also I, and also you songwriting um because well i mean just to backtrack you know the the first album uh Addie played a little bit on it um but really, Addison had a studio, and we were friends. Addison had a studio with our our friend Darren, who's in Reconciler. Yeah, yeah. And, and I went in there to do a couple songs for the first record because that record was recorded at like five different studios with <laughs> you know six different drummers, and you know just that wasn't really like a band thing. Um, but then, uh, and this is kind of funny because this is the, so me and Addie kind of got back together, you know, because we knew each other when I was a teenager, when he was still in Quit. And um, we'd play shows together then. But then he moved up to Gainesville. They, you know, Chad and Addie are from South Florida. Miami, oh, okay. Miami area, you know. Uh, Bobby is from just the other side of the state line into Georgia. Um, 
I'm from south of Tampa. Anyway, I used to play with uh, Addie's old band Quit when I was like a teenager, um, when they'd come up. And so, you know, years later, <laughs> he moves up to Gainesville and, and we're like, oh, I haven't seen you in forever, man. What's up? And, you know, and he starts a studio and we're just hanging out. And uh, once I went in there to do uh, those couple songs, Addie was just like in it already, you know. Um, he was just like a part of it already. And um, so we just kind of kept working on stuff. And then we, um, we finished that album. Uh, so I had all like drum tracks, bass tracks, piano, a lot of stuff. But then I'd go do like, at the end of it, I went and did like the final like guitar solos and like kind of whatever studio fun you want to call it, you know. Um, and we did the first record and George played on those two yep. songs we did. George from Hot Water played on the two songs that we did at Addison's studio. And so George, you know, I had already played with George for a long time. And once we did those, George came up to me and he goes, you know, man, there's this bass player in town. <laughs> that, I, that I really, really think um, you should hook up with. And it was Chet, right? Yeah. But I, I didn't know Chet. I had not met Chet at this point, right? And he's like, well, who is it? I was like, who is it? And he's like, oh, his name's Chet and blah, blah, blah. And he's, he's into, you know, and he's kind of talking about the stuff that like I'm into. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, who is he? And he's like, oh, you wouldn't know him. And I'm like, well, then fuck him. <laughs> right? You know, I was like, are you, I, I just didn't trust it for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then uh, about a month later, Jason Black called me up. And he's like, hey, man, I got to tell you, there's this bass player I really think <laughs> up with. And it was Chad. And I was like, there ain't no way these two dudes, <laughs> there ain't no way that this is happening. Right. So I was, you know, because I don't know. Like, we have, the dynamic in hot water is what it is, you know. But I was like, okay, if these guys are both saying this, I need to like meet this guy yeah right you know? and and sure as shit you know me and chad just kind of um i think we understood I, th I think we share some common roots um you know uh, chad more knows more about metal and stuff like that than i do but as far as like rock and roll like old motown like classic rock reggae there, there's a lot of stuff that we both like and and there's a lot of stuff that we both pull from and he was just like this instant like me and me and addison were just like oh my god and <laughs> we're playing you know we had another drummer that was you know for for where we were at you know it was a lot of fun um but he was in another band uh this band called ninja gun Did you oh okay yeah yeah 
um, and they were actually getting really busy. So he said, um, look, man, we're going out on tour. I know you guys are writing. Um, I think you should try out Bobby Brown, <laughs> which Bobby Brown was at our first practice with our old drummer. You oh, know, really? like we were, yeah, we were all there together. And Bobby Brown knew Addison from touring uh, with the Enablers and uh, Black Cougar Shock Unit. And um, man, so when Bobby Brown came in, that's when we did Canyons. Um, but that was still a lot of the songs that I had kind of written by myself. Um, but now we had a band. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like towards the end of those, like the last few songs we wrote for that, it was starting to be like we were all contributing. And and honestly, I wasn't being so like uh, controlling, you know, we, we were getting really used to each other. And uh, so then when we did No Anchor, that's that's when we, I think, really started as a band. Um, and that's why I took my name off the front cover. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like now we're writing as a real band. You know, we're all contributing where we can. And, uh, you know, and, and so I do see a direct correlation from that record to this one because I felt like we were really finding like who we were. Yeah. You know, not like who I am or Chad is, but when we're all collaborating, what are we and, and where are we, you know, it's, you're looking for those moments where just the electricity is through the roof, yeah. and, you know, and, and it's like, oh, this is fun, <laughs> you know. Um, How did you yeah. end up in Gainesville, Chad, from Miami? Uh, I moved up here uh, kind of like following my bandmates uh, in my high school bands um, okay. I some, and some guys that were in college. And so they moved up to Gainesville to go to school. And this cause it was like, you know, punk rock Mecca. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. 2000. And it was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm moving to Gainesville. And uh, that band kind of broke up like pretty soon after I moved here. We went on like a six week tour and I just, I kind of just ended up here. It was like the, the van stopped here and I just <laughs> moved in. Never the left. <laughs> yeah. Some cool bands and, you know, good get a degree or something but yeah I just I just kind of landed here I feel like that's a common story for Gainesville like you go there seeking the whatever golden calf and then the thing falls apart but you just kind of stay like uh yeah but Gainesville is one of those places yeah but hold on so yes but but not really I mean maybe for people that are farther away yeah, yeah. but like um growing up in Bradenton. Well, I mean, I went to high school in Bradenton. I, I was born in Flint, Michigan. Okay. Um, but when I first started going to punk rock shows, they were in Tampa, right? Because that was 50 minutes away or something. And it was awesome. Yeah. I'd never been to a concert before. And all of a sudden I'm going to these just completely out of control punk rock shows. Um, but I didn't really know much. So, cause I was a kid, 14 yeah. years old, you know? So there was a lot of violence back in old Tampa. Um, a lot of skinheads and, and when I say skinheads, I mean like 
you know, Nazis, you know. Oh, we had it in Boston. Yeah. I'm sure you do. I'm yeah, well aware. You know. <laughs> um, in Miami. But back, but, back yeah. then, but back then it was like, that was the only, I'd never been to a concert before yeah. I went. I'd never been to any concert before I saw a punk rock concert. And, and really it was like, um, you know, you're getting knocked around a fair amount. Um, and then throughout high school, it was like that. But throughout high school, I started, you know, oh, these bands, certain bands are going to Miami. So I'll go check out that. Uh, certain bands are going to Melbourne. I'll go check that out or Orlando. Um, and so after a while, you end up going to show in Gainesville because it was only like two and a half hours away. And it's, just a, it's just a different vibe. Yeah. It's just a completely different vibe. I mean, there's a lot of big buildings getting put up now, but this was a, a really small, sleepy town. And it was like, it was like block by block, there's like a band on every block. <laughs> and there was house shows every weekend. Yeah. And um, there were no fights. There just weren't. You'd have metal bands playing with hippie bands playing with punk rock bands it didn't matter you know you, you we used to like make the craziest mishmash of like styles on purpose because it'd yeah. be like oh well your fans will see us and our fans will see you know um but that was so different than tampa where things were at that time really contentious um so you just started having this thing where you're like you go back home after like a weekend trip to Gainesville, you know, like in the early nineties or something. Um, and then you go to your next Tampa show and you're like, God damn, there's another fight. And so you just start building up this idea. I, at least that was for me and Jason black and uh, you know, the friends that I went to high school with, it was like, as soon as I get out of high school, yeah, yeah. yeah the rent was like half the price <laughs> um like every single kitchen in town was run by punk rockers so you could get a job <laughs> <laughs> you know it was just awesome you know uh so it wasn't necessarily that like we were all like making like great music and that, that it was this mecca it was just like there was this counterculture happening that you know, we could all kind of walk around the student ghetto and you just hang out with different people and you'd meet people every day, you know, and um, it was just kind of a, you know, it was really like a bohemian kind of thing almost more than it was punk rock, really. Um, but it was super fun, you know, and, and it just kept drawing people because it was like a neighborhood vibe to the scene. Like everybody lived within walking distance or at least bike riding distance. Yeah. You know, is that essentially still the case now in Gainesville for, yeah. for bands that are there? Somewhat, but like, and I'm not happy about this, but like, this town would not exist without the university. I mean, it would exist, but yeah. it, it wouldn't be what it is. And as the university is growing, it's spreading out. And what used to be the student ghetto is now becoming high-rise apartment buildings. So the, there's no real like student ghetto anymore. It's more like 
certain areas where we've all kind of spread out into you know like where chad lives there's a a bunch of people he's in the southeast um a lot of our friends live on the northeast uh just around me like george lives right down the road some of my best friends live right down the road but uh, it used to be really like this kind of really small neighborhood that was just cheap housing uh, that was right by the school and right by Midtown and downtown. And, um, and now the rent inflation is, is you can't afford to live there really. Um, unless you're, you know, I don't know. You gotta have something else going on. So our dynamic has changed a lot in town. Housing prices are through the roof. Mm -hmm just absolutely through the roof. Like a house today in Gainesville is probably twice as much as what it was two, three years ago. Like it's really through yeah. the roof. And that I, think sounds about like that, I think part of that is because they're knocking down entire city blocks and then just building these high rises up where, um, you know, then the, the dynamics just kind of change, you know, the, where people can find cheap housing, then they move in, then they fix that up, and then it displaces other people. Right. And uh, it, I think it's pretty grotesque what is happening in this town. It, it makes me want to puke a lot. Um, yeah, I agree. But I do love this town. I do love this town. That sounds exactly like Tim Barry with Richmond and sort of the the thing that's going on in Richmond, Virginia, too. I I can understand that, you know, and um, a couple of the hot water boys, we we really did almost move up there years ago, um, back in the, I guess it'd be late 90s, uh, like when we went up there for No Division. Uh, we went up there to do that record because we were there all the time. I, I had almost as many friends there as I did here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Richmond, but yeah, it, it is really similar. Like these areas where um, they used to be like, just very traditionally for long periods of time, working class neighborhoods are now, um, they're not, and you can't afford it. and. And there's just no way to afford it. I mean, I live in the ghetto and I can't believe what some of these places are that are um, selling for around me. It's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know how people are affording this. Um, did you just get a notice? There? I did. I did. It went away. Yeah. It okay. said, it said that normally zoom times out at 40 minutes if you've got multiple yeah. people, but they're giving us a gift. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't going to time out. <laughs> We're so lucky. Hey, if we have to restart it, we can restart it. Yeah, yeah if it kicks us off, I'll give you the high sign if it pops up again. But uh, yeah, if it kicks us off, I will definitely look for a new invite. That was, that was a quick half hour or whatever it's been. Um, yeah. Let's get back to Eruption a little bit. I noticed that uh, the album was mostly written and recorded in 2017 and 2018, <laughs> but thematically, it sounds it eerily overlaps i think with a lot of the goings-on of 2020 it's a little whether you like had this crystal ball in the studio with you or whatever but thematically there's some elements that could have been inspired by the last year 
Yeah, and it kind of bums me out because I think that people are going to uh, misinterpret what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the great thing about songwriting is not telling people what you're talking about and letting them, like, it's like reading a book. I, I don't want to know what the book's about before I read it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's all supposed, you know, music's all supposed to be discovery. We're, there, there's 12, there's 12 tones we can make. Um, it's just a different recipe in, yeah. in you know, um, nobody's inventing anything or it's like walking around in the, in the woods and just discovering things to me. Um, but yeah, that bums me out. <laughs> Cause I was like, man, like people are going to think that virulent man. Yeah. Is about this. Um, people are going to think that, you know, other, other things are about other things. And but the whole outro to one of the song is in isolation. <laughs> like yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, I know. <laughs> that's I know. the theme for the last year, except it was written three years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. But strangely, that 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 does fit with the times. Yeah, that does fit with the times, um, in a roundabout way. Um, no, in a very direct way. I, I think it. Yeah. Yeah, because that song's. kind of about and I don't want to like pinpoint it because I think it ruins things when you pinpoint right um, but it's kind of about man's ego mankind's ego uh, the idea of we possess this world and 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 that's not true right it's just not true. We don't possess the world, and and um, and and it's about how sometimes the world just will smack you down. Um, and so, at that moment in the in the record is when mankind gets like a reality check, like a little slap across the face, being like, "Who do you think you are? Um, you don't own everything, right? You know." Um, so that does fit and it's just not going to fit the way people think. <laughs> right. You know? Was the album written sort of, uh, I mean, I know it comes on the heels of no anchor, but were they written closer together than when they, uh, obviously come out? Um, well, I think that, yeah, but we don't really stop. So, I mean, as we were mixing no anchor i you know all of us already had yes. some stuff we were like monkeying with um mm -hmm. i think ember i think embers of enlightenment and uh i, I don't know what a month or two later chad Probably, I mean, i'd say i'd say it's safe to say that while we were mixing and recording new anchor we were probably out writing or soon after writing yeah. stuff that would become yeah. The next album not with any intention of it being an album yeah we, i mean working you know and just we write a lot of songs that uh like we just kind of keep writing so sometimes it's like hey this is a great song and then you write two more songs and you're like those are great songs too but then you get to your fourth song and you're like oh <laughs> okay so we're gonna do this fuck those first three <laughs> 
um, we're going to do this from now on. Uh, but we were really in a groove. So um, I do know that the first song I wrote after No Anchor was Embers of Enlightenment. And I knew exactly what I wanted to start with. I mean, I just knew, I didn't know how I was going to figure it out. Mm. Um, I didn't know how I was going to pull it off. Um, but I knew what I wanted to do. And I, and I, knew, I knew what the opening statement I wanted to make was, um, and they really connected for me. And I think part of that was, I felt so connected to Chad and Addie and Bobby and Richard as well, uh, the artist mm. on No Anchor that I was like, I think I'm not done talking about this yet. I think this spills over. I don't think I'm re I don't think I'm done yet uh, with this like train of thought. Um, and I still don't. I still don't. Uh, but we all like kind of we knew where we were clicking on the last wrecking record, and we knew where we were where there was still some frontiers, you know, open mm -hmm. for us. Um, so I think we just kind of dove back in it because, I mean, there were moments on No Anchor where I think we just really, really clicked. And it was like, let's chase this. Let's, let's chase this, you know, let's chase this together. And, and me, that being said, that meant that it wasn't just, me songwriter i was gonna say do you guys write together this album it sounds tighter if that makes sense but it sounds like you write together is that fair to say well i don't think we really care where the ideas come from <laughs> fair enough <laughs> right um i think we're all just kind of trying to discover who we are uh, as a group and 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 so that means we're always presenting ideas right and um just because i present an idea doesn't mean it's going on the record there's plenty of songs i wrote for this record that didn't go on this record um but it started being I don't know. I mean, that's just like respect, right? Like we're earning each other's respect and we're learning to love each other. And, um, you know, when, when Chad brings an idea, I don't think of it as any different than one of my ideas. I think we got to sit down and hash this out in the band mm. and, and see where it goes. And is there magic there is like, cause if, if you can like feel it in the room, then we pursue it. And if you can't, we kind of go, well, what else you want to do? Yeah. That's a very accurate way of describing <laughs> what it's like. You know, practice. right? Yeah. And I mean, like, sometimes it's just like, hey, uh, this is getting, I, I'm scratching my head a little too much. Mm -hmm. uh, Chad, I challenge you to a game of darts. <laughs> after this, we will start a new idea. But let's get our yeah. brain off of this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, from my standpoint, there's always someone in the band brings in like an idea. There's we don't really do a whole lot of like 
oh, we're just going to kind of like jam out and try yeah. to find. There's usually like a pretty solid idea, but it might not be a full fleshed out song, but there's like a strong riff or a strong two riffs. Um, usually Chris or Addison will come with more of a, a structured song where I'll, I'll have like a riff and I'll be like, this thing sounds cool. I have no idea. Chris, make this into a cool song. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But, but yes, yes. But that I, I really do think that the more we play, the more we get better at that, you know? And, yeah. and in, I think that that's like a really normal thing. Um, Cause now, Chad, what are we at? Like ten years that I've been playing with you or something? Yeah, cause we did. Yeah, we. You know, I mean that that, that equates. Yeah, right. Even more, right? So I mean that equates to a lot of chemistry. Cause yeah. now we've talked about not just like our mutual love of reggae music or Motown music or different punk rock bands, but we've actually had time to talk about what we love about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and and like which you know you know or like a chord progression comes up and we go wait a minute we could go like that you know like we could take that punk rock riff and maybe more make it like uh you know like whatever we want to do and luckily because of how weird the start of the band was <laughs> yeah, yeah um there's no like template right like nobody's asking us to do what we did on the first album because we're just growing and it's becoming different you know or yeah. and so you know that's when we're like hey let's do uh let's do a cover song let's just learn some stuff let's uh just go out to the warehouse, you know. We we <laughs> we we wanted a we wanted a, a a way to record in our warehouse, and then uh, Cleopatra Records said, which I don't even know how they ever even heard of us, um, but they said, "Hey, you guys want to be on a couple compilations for some holidays?" And I was like, "Well." I never thought I'd do anything. Like I'm like, who? And I'm like, Cleopatra. I thought that was like a big, what, like, I don't know what this is. But it was like, hey, we'll be able to buy like this awesome interface if we do these two covers, you know? And then we'll be able to go out to the warehouse and just like record our own stuff, um, at least demos. And, yeah. um, you know, Chad is, Chad right down there has um, lots of experience like engineering and producing and, and DJing and also Addison has a lot of experience engineering, producing um, and I have a lot of experience in wasting other people's money trying to figure out car solos. So, you know, it was like, fuck yeah, you know. Um, so we bought this interface and um, you know, now we're just kind of having fun. We're kind of having fun with it all. You know? So wait, what songs did you learn for holiday compilations? Because 
as a big ship thieves fan i don't know this <laughs> oh okay. you don't know this i apparently haven't seen it no okay. well, now, yeah, our, now i'm our, sorry i brought it up <laughs> our, uh, yeah it's funny because our, our like new uh quote-unquote new spotify profile or whatever is like as just ship thieves i think only has our covers our holiday covers <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> so people are gonna be like what the hell is this band? yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, we've yeah, been that, around twelve years, but all we've done is two holiday songs, Christmas cover and a Halloween cover. That's all we've done. <laughs> that's a riot. It was fun. Yeah, that's this band. That's this band. We, we do everything in a bad order. We, uh, you know, I don't know. We probably uh, spent ten times longer talking about what interface we were going to buy for the warehouse <laughs> that we did actually like picking out the songs and recording the songs that we did yeah, yeah. it was so much fun when we did it because we were i mean we we're stoked to do it we weren't like oh it's like some no we were like fun. oh yeah why not why not yeah. have some fun but it was it was i actually just found a picture on my phone from when we were in the studio i was like sitting on the beanbag and there was like what were we just like i don't know <laughs> little Susie cover and like <laughs> watching Chris scream his head off like who put gum in Santa's whiskers yeah so we did um oh I have to look that up now okay so we did <laughs> we did a Rocky Erickson song for the for the um for the Halloween compilation um so we did I uh, I think of demons um by Rocky Erickson which I love Rocky Erickson, and I'm never going to apologize for loving Rocky <laughs> Erickson. I love Rocky Erickson. He's so, so beautiful, and what a tragic story, and what a great artist. Um, so I just thought that was a great excuse to do any Rocky Erickson cover. Um, and then we did I Think of Demons, which I think... Um, like my mom called me after that came out. <laughs> mom called me and she's like, so I heard the new song that came out. <laughs> and, you know, cause it, you know, there's a part of the song where I'm going, Lucifer, 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 Lucifer. I've been waiting on you or something like that. And I'm like, okay, mom, like, I'm not a Satanist. Um, <laughs> I'm not a Satanist. I want you to know that this guy was a beautiful artist, and, and I want you to listen to it like that. And, and she, she called me back later, and she was like, that is a good song. And, you know, and that's kind of what I wanted to get past was, like, just the spookiness of it, you know? Um, it's not just he's not just shock factor like uh like misfits are i love yeah, misfits, yeah. um but there's some depth to to what he's doing um anyway i love rocky um and then on our christmas <laughs> <laughs> okay so i like always told myself because if there's anybody that hates christmas music on the planet it's me. Yeah, well, I'm right I there with you. Yeah. Detest, just detest Christmas music. Uh, I think it's so obnoxious and horrible. Um, but we were like, we'll do it. 
Um, but I was like, I was like, Chad, we got to find like just something completely bizarro because there's no fucking way I'm doing, uh, you know, like an actual Christmas carol. I'm just, I'm just not fucking doing it. And so we got deep into a, a, a search. <laughs> and Chad, well, it was you, right? Yeah. yeah. It, right? So Chad sent me, oh my God. It is <laughs> the worst song I've ever heard of. <laughs> it is absolutely, no, it's not the worst song ever. Okay, Babylon Sister by Steely Dan is the worst song I've ever heard of. Number five or six is Who Put the Gum in Santa's Whiskey. Okay. Which I had so, on my computer before this because I actually enjoy the song, but. Okay, you didn't tell me that and I'm not sure what I think. Um, but I heard it and I was like, this is so bizarro and horrible and it's like it's like this adult man like singing in like a, <laughs> a, a, like a, a like a 10 year old girl's voice no like a seven year old's girl yeah, yeah i mean it's no it's horrible it's the worst <laughs> thing you've ever heard. and i was i've like, never even heard of it yeah well nobody else has and what, <laughs> what i've discovered is that's the only recording of this song ever done, except for our version. Except for the one on Spotify, <laughs> which I, is Ship Thieves. <laughs> which is the Ship Thieves, which we are now famous for. This is like our 99 Red Balloons. Yeah. Um, all right. Like, we're going to be famous for this one day. Right? <laughs> um, no, this song is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> but I sat there listening to it, and I was like, Kind of reminds me of Coxbar. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, guys. I got it, guys. You remember that moment, Chad? Oh, yeah. We were out. We were out back of the. We were out in the parking lot of the warehouse uh, of the studio, and I was like, and we were trying to do this other cover. We were trying to do this uh, um, this cover from Paul Kelly, uh, this Australian songwriter called uh, um, uh, How to Make Gravy. Yeah. Right, which is which is my favorite Christmas song of all time. It's also probably my favorite jail song of all time. Um, it's a really beautiful song, but it just wasn't working out. Like it was, it was hard to turn it into like what the label wanted, which was like a punk rock Christmas song. Um, and so I was like, what about that thing you had, Chad? <laughs> and he was like, well, how are we going to do that? And I was like, you know, what about just like kind of fucking like cockspar, like an oyster, oyster <laughs> you know? And uh, so, yeah, um, no, I'm not proud of it. But um, someday I'm going to be like a great grandfather. Right, and this is gonna be a big white beard. It'll be great for the grandkids, man. It'll be great, you know. It'll be great. But I can see it. You know, I, I seriously, I told myself I'll never do a Christmas song. I said that to myself like twenty years ago. Like I'll never do that. And 
I actually had a lot of fun doing it. It was, it was really fun. It was super fun. Well, I feel like if you're going to do it and you hate Christmas music, like you have to just dive in with both feet. You like, got to have fun know, with it, yeah. man. Hey, if we're going into the studio and playing music and you're not having fun, you're a fucking asshole. Right? Absolutely. And like tying that into the new album, uh, like, you know, we, we did that with Ryan. So it was like our, our, our homie who we. Oh uh, yeah. We, I mean, we did it at the same studio. Like at a real studio. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. yeah. Friend, <laughs> you know, it was like, we were hanging out with our friend in a cool studio recording and it sounded, it was sounded good and it was fun. Like it was the whole experience was great. And then, you know, it's like, we at that point, I guess had already, have we recorded the new record or we were like oh yeah oh yeah the new record yeah. was done i don't i don't know if it was um i don't know if we had the masters yet but yeah. like the typical thing with with uh ship thieves is we finish a record and then it takes us another year to mix it <laughs> and then it takes us another year to pick a mastering guy even though that's not even a real conversation because we usually just do what we can afford um <laughs> fair yeah you know, but but no man we're a slow moving band and I, I don't really want to apologize for it I, I like that we're i think it's fun to be in this band because we're only doing stuff when we're having fun mm -hmm. you know and, and and it's a cool thing even even though the songs are dark it's like you know, we have a really great warehouse. It's gigantic, um, 25 by 25 with, with like 15, 20 foot ceilings. And wow. um, it's like a clubhouse. Yeah. You know? And there's a couple other bands in there. And it's just a lot of fun to play music. Right. And so we just don't rush anything. We, you know, we don't, we don't have a label that's like, looking at the watch being like we need demos yeah, yeah. it's just like uh you know we were always on no idea where um i mean you know i mean chad used to work at no idea, right and chad you used to work at um no idea during all of these records and fact of the matter is chad worked his fucking ass off you know, and the guys that worked there worked their ass off, but it, it wasn't like a label that was, uh, you know, I, I guess we weren't taking it seriously and they weren't taking it seriously. Um, but as the band evolved and we did that last record, we were like, we really are ha having fun now. And, and this is like, we're finding something that like we're finding a little patch of the forest that we can call our that's ours. Um, and it was like, we want to make sure that everybody that is involved in this is actually like with us yeah. in this. Um, and that's where I had to like really think about it. And um Going back to Kate, I mean, I mean, give me a break, <laughs> you know. And I'm not saying I'm not saying anything about Var. Var was Var was also from Var and Jen from No Idea. They were also at my wedding, 
And so was Kate, you know, these are great friends, but um, I, I really wanted to do something where people would treat it as um, this is an art project and we're all going to care about it, you know, um, a little differently than, um, you know, like hot water has done in the past or uh, not always, um, but also Ship Thieves, different than we've done in the past. I, I think Ship Thieves might have, I think we might have worked looking at convenience uh, more than, uh, than uh, like what we're doing now is, man, it, it's so much fun to work with all these people that are, um, just really, 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 really great friends. And that's the only basis I even know these people. Yeah. You know, like this isn't business. This is this is friends trying to do something together. And um I you know, I'm, I'm for I'm about to, you know, I'm about to turn 45 and I'm still lucky enough to have that option. That's ridiculous. So um uh, yeah, I just feel so happy because, like, when I talk to Kate about, like, what we're doing or, like, plans and stuff, I'm also like, hey, how's the house going? Hey, how's the, you know, how's your brother? You know, how's the restaurant? You know, like, we've just known each other for so long and, you know, we, we've toured together and all this stuff, but it was you know, the hot water camp and the bouncing souls camp. And, and I go, man, these aren't best friends. I don't know who you are. Um, that's how I feel about the ship thieves too. You know, like these are like my bros who I talk to even when we have nothing to talk about. And, um, you know, we, we all get into different like little projects and ideas and, and, I don't know. I, I feel really lucky because I didn't even know I was going to end up with a band when I started that. Right. First year. But now right. I, like, I'm in this band where I'm like, I almost kind of can't imagine not being in this band. Yeah. You know, it, it's like over 10 years of my life, you know, and just, and, and it's so many different kind of things that we've done but we've all just been, yeah, let's try that. Let's mm -hmm. do a Motown vibe. Let's do a, let's do a Motorhead vibe. Let's do an acoustic song. Who cares? Yeah. You know? And, um, and that was the whole spirit of the band when I started it. You know, or not when I started it, but when I did the first record. You know, uh, I called it Ship Thieves because there's an awesome book called ship thieves yeah, yeah, yeah and it's not it's not a pirate book it's not a pirate book right it's a jailbreak book. right right this is about looking for freedom and just looking for the future and refusing to deal refusing the shitty hand you've been dealt and saying man fuck that like i'm gonna take control and and i'm gonna have some fun i'm gonna go explore with my friends and I don't know what I'm going to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's quite literally what the band turned into, right? 
It is. It is. And that's what I love about it, you know, and 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 having these guys that like, I mean, it's just stupid when you. This band is stupid from from one (laughs) aspect. I'll tell you this. That'll be the poll quote. (laughs) I am the worst. I am the worst guitar player in this band. This is a fact. I'm one of the two guys holding it. Yeah, yeah, right. But like these guys just, they understand everything I'm talking about. I mean, you should see some of the shit Chad does. I'm just like, um, I can't, like him and Addison are talking about, oh yeah, we're going to do this bass and guitar run together. I'm like, I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the thing that, the thing that Waller can do is, Wallard will say, well, why are you doing that? You know, yeah. it's like more like this, uh, you know what I mean? Well, he can't do it, first of all. He's, he's, he's Yeah, so it's awesome. my defense mechanism. <laughs> but it's, but it, no, I mean, I remember, th- I mean, we're totally off track here, I guess, from the new record. But like, I remember when going kind of back to when we first met uh, and we were hanging out. And I remember like Chris made me a mix, a mix CD of some songs because he was like, I don't know, maybe like, I don't think I was playing in the band yet, but we were like kind of talking about it maybe, but he made me a, a mix of like all these songs and there, it was just like this rad CD and we were talking about music all the time and like discussing different music. And I had um, my friend uh, who's like Tom Petty's nephew uh, got a box set of Tom Petty's radio show episodes. Oh yeah, the Buried Treasure box yeah, set. Buried yeah, Buried Treasure. So like Chris and I were talking about those songs a lot. We were talking about this like old rock and roll and Motown music and uh, and then he made that CD. So like I had all these songs that I had been writing for other bands or just recording on my own at my yeah, yeah, yeah. house. And I remember showing them to Chris and like, you know, I, I'm not a songwriter. I don't approach music the way that he, he does, you know? And I remember showing him these songs like in the van. We'd be like in the hot water van and be like, yeah, check out this riff and be like, why why (laughs) or like why does it do that there i'm like i don't know yeah you don't know why i was like i don't really know why and it's like i just i don't know there's just five of this riff and six of this one or something he's like i'm having a hard time understanding why you did that you know it's like like you know it's like there's this thing where i learned like how to actually maybe structure songs a little bit yeah because of that because i was just writing some riffs and pushing them together you know right Took somebody like Chris to be like, why is it? Why are you doing it like that? You know, and uh, well, I mean, I think by now you know that <clears throat> I'm asking why because there might be something I'm not getting. I'm not saying no. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying no. I'm saying <laughs> why is it doing that? Because I, I would have looped it like this. Please explain. You know, um, I love talking about music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I do, love it. Do you remember, Chris, when uh, when you came came to the band with with Viral and Man, that was like a really fun thing to talk about. Like, with talking about music and like, why is this thing? Because I mean, you, you know, we hadn't played for a little while at that point because of like stuff and like we. Uh, Chris was just like, I have this riff, and like we had like he was like, remember you like you were like came to the practice space with like you're like i i we have to work on this song man like you're like you know like 
I don't know, this fanatical about that, that, like the riff and the song. And like, I was having a hard time getting it. Like, I was like, I don't understand. I just wasn't. Well, but, but that's, but do you remember I changed it halfway through? Halfway no. through the writing? I, I changed. Okay. Cause, okay. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. I did come in. <laughs> I did come in really forcefully because, um, I knew that I had the middle of the record. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, when I wrote the first song, which is the first song on the record, like I had an idea. I was like, I want 10 songs that speak from different um, viewpoints, vistas um, about what it like what am i seeing right now and then how is everything else seeing it around me um kind of i mean I, I really i'm trepidatious of even putting it into too much of a context because I, I want people to listen to it however the fuck they want to listen to it but i knew that that song was going to be in the middle of the record and, but that was cause I knew, I, I was already halfway deep into writing the record. So, um, I, you know, I called it, I called it that for, I hate telling people what song <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about, Okay, so, okay, so, uh, um, you know, Leonardo, he had the Vitruvian Man, right? Yeah. The Vitruvian Man, you know, right. and it was the study of man, right? His study of, like, the dimensions of man, right? And to me, I was like, okay, I want to I wanna study the dimensions in, in a certain um in a certain kind of like psychological way and so I was like um, this is coming to be like the heart of because like I'm as a person I'm not in the album really very much other than like an observer um, but mankind is obviously the center of my world and, and, I, and I thought it had to be the center of, of, of the record. Um, but I, 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 will, I will say there's a lot of themes in the record of um, possession, concepts of ownership, um, where we fit in, uh, with the beings around us and how they fit in with us um, and in and, and the ego of man to think that like uh, <clears throat> you know if you don't own this earth then you're going to inherit it you know like uh, the obsession with ownership I, I guess is that, that was kind of like 
I guess the virus in my eyes, the, 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 the concept that uh, joined us all together, um, but set us apart from everything else. Um, and I know there's territorial animals and, and stuff like this, but um, only humans like have deeds that they pass on, um, you know. Uh, so it has nothing to do with coronavirus. That's <laughs> <laughs> my point, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was right. like, man, right. I was like, am I going to change the title of this song? Right. Because people are going to interpret this the, the completely fucking wrong way. Right. Um, uh, so, yeah, like, look, that's probably the only time I'm going to explain that song. I hate explaining. I, I, don't, I think it's the worst thing if somebody hears what a song is about before they hear the song. I think that's just a horrible thing. It'll ruin the song for you. you. There's no joy in discovery if that happens, you know. Um, and, and that's a thing from my little seat here uh, and from doing interviews like this for going on a decade now. That's a thing that I struggle with because I'm fascinated to know what sort of goes on between the ears of some of my favorite songwriters and to put myself in the position that they were in when they wrote that song. At the same time, I do believe in... Uh, the, the idea of the listener um, taking ownership of a song. Right. And, and so I could ruin a song for you by telling you what it means to me. And you can be right. like, oh no, that's about my dog or whatever. Right. But, and it could also work the other way. I could tell you that such and such is my favorite song ever. And you're like, mm, nope. <laughs> or right. you could have your, this really personal meaning to a song, but I could think it was about, I don't know, somebody at the grocery store. Like, yes. yes. And man. so I, I hate to strip that away from people. So I, I, do my best to not even ask questions about like what was going on uh, lyrically in a certain song with musically I will do it like like I even wanted to talk about Ghost Town because as as a failed bass player myself the riff in Ghost Town I think is just badass <laughs> okay. uh, and, and sort hey, of hey let's talk about that yeah, well, right. And so I like talking about where the music, like how the music all came together too more so and people can put whatever stamp on the a song that they want to. Uh, but that song in particular, musically, is badass. Um, Ghost Town started from the bass riff. And I had a feeling I was going to ask about that because that's that in my eyes, again, as somebody who grew up wanting to be a bass player for a long time, that feels like like it emanates from the bass riff rather than the bass riff weaving its way through the song. It mm -hmm. seems like that sort of grounds the song, if that makes sense at all. Yeah. So Chad, can I please preface this? Um, because I want you to talk at length as much as you want. Um, okay. Chad's a fucking great bass player. Chad's a fucking great <laughs> bass player. And, and I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, people will realize that on this album. I think more so than on No Anchor. People will get it more on this album, I think. I think that people are going to get more what he's done on the last two albums after they hear what he's done on this album. That makes sense. Um, but, okay. But anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, I'm going to get some more aroma. Chris yeah, yeah go, 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 get, go get anything. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass you. Um, <laughs> so look man chad's a badass bass yeah, player. yeah 
and he's a better guitar player than me. He's he's a really fantastic, fantastic musician. Um, one of the connections that me and Chad have uh, very deeply is we are both very into. Um, uh, okay, so we're both very into reggae music, ska music. Uh, you know, roots reggae, seventies. What a, what a what an amazing thing they did there uh, in Jamaica. What what an amazing group of musicians that did so many just ridiculous albums. Um, Chad also is a little bit more into. Uh, the more modern stuff than I am, but I like it too. Yeah, I'm just not as up on it with it. Yeah. Um, like I like Bougie Bantan, I, I love it. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that Chad knows that I don't. But I think the love of, of reggae and Caribbean music, uh, me and Chad share a lot. And um, we wanted to do a we wanted to do a lot of stuff. Uh, there, there's quite a few things on this record where we kind of snuck in some different grooves and tried to play with them uh, from uh, Caribbean grooves. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can hear that. In great way, it's a great way to learn about different kind of chord structures and and uh, because Absolutely. the bass and, and the, the rhythm section drives the songs. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the guitar is like an accompaniment uh, where like in rock and roll, a lot of the times the rhythm section is an accompaniment. So we were trying to find this uh, kind of way of um, not playing like reggae songs, but um, trying to figure out where uh, we could use these influences to steer us maybe into uh, different chord progressions or different um, rhythmic uh, attacks. Um, and so, yeah, um, as I remember it, Chad, that, that whole song started with a groove of like, doom, doom, ba, doom, doom, ba, doom, so that it started with, right. It's well, that, well, it started with, uh, it started with like, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the baseline on that song, we it was kind of like the whole middle part was what it started with, and well, I, yeah, the bridge I, is what it was started with. Yeah, I hated it. I yeah. it was, <laughs> like Chris and Addison were out like having a beer outside the practice phase, and Bobby and I were playing, and I was probably just messing with my amp or something and I started playing this thing and it was like just this thing it wasn't I, I hated it and Chris <laughs> came in and was like what is that what is that and I was like I don't know you know like keep playing I was like it's just this thing like I don't know it was like I, I think I was really like just having Bobby play so I could like dial my amp or something and, yeah, yeah uh but Chris, no, man, you guys were in a full-on jam. I gotta correct you. You were in a full-on jam, and it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, I uh, yeah. So 
but I had that thing and I remember like telling Chris, I was like, I don't know, it sounds like a really bad crass song or something. Chris is like, no, no, like he had this whole Oh vision. no, you're talking about race to oblivion, dude. We're talking about no, ghost. I'm talking about I'm talking no, no, no. I'm I'm talking about, I'm talking about the right song. And he so Chris came back like maybe a week later, it wasn't long, and he had like the rest of the song written around the bridge part of the song. And it was like, cause it's super fast with like the yeah. really mellow vocals, right? Yeah. And it, it's like, he had this like, he wrote a song, like he did the thing where he wrote a song around this riff that I had, but it wasn't like in any way like intended, it was the riff wasn't intended to be a song the way I had it, but Chris made this like really beautiful song out of this thing. And like in this really, I don't know, pretty inventive way, like where it's really, that song's so, that's the fastest song on the record, but it's like the vocal part, so like smooth and casual, right? But the bass line's like, do, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I wanted the, but I wanted the vocal part, like to sound like who was singing and in, you know, uh, like this is talking about like, you know, I mean, I, I mean, really, like I, the whole thought was, I, Jesus, how many, how many more friends am I going to have die, and and just feeling like because I live right here on 441. I mean, it's right there. Uh, high, highway 441 like waves cracking on the beach it's right there um, five houses away from me and just feeling like I was just losing too many friends um, which I felt <laughs> for a long time and and um, you know and I feel the presence of, of, of some of my dead friends. And I don't know if those are ghosts or just like dreams that haunt you or whatever, but I feel like it's part of my reality. And, and so I felt like if these spirits, you know, of like Craig Nelson and, and, and some of our, you know, um, geez, just some of our great friends that, that we've passed that, that still kind of live in my head. Um, I, I felt like they had, to, they had to be here because they are here. And I know that sounds like I'm being a little bit like, uh, I don't know, I'm not saying like my house is haunted. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not right. saying that. I'm, I'm just saying like, cause I, you know, I, I guess what I think is, you know, I, I think there probably are ghosts and spirits out there, but but I don't think they're bad, and I don't think they're evil. They're they're, they're my friends, um, and um, and they're looking. You know, I, I just felt like some of my friends' spirits were unsettled, and um, I I don't know. I don't know why I wanted to write a song about that. I don't, I don't really know why, but, you know, when sometimes you feel the presence, you know, you have dreams, you wake up, or uh, sometimes you just, you know, you, you feel like somebody that's past is near you, and I was like, 
this is part of reality to me. So I, I feel like it needs to be represented. It's not a big part, you know, it's not every song, you know, but but it is true, you know. I, I um, kind of miss my, uh, my, 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 my family that's passed, my friends that have passed and, and, and they linger, they linger. And some, you know, um, you know, I think there's another good song about this. Paul Kelly wrote a good song recently. I think it's called Every Day, My Mother's Voice. And, and it, I, I think it's about how like, the people you really respect, they become the voices in your head. Yeah, yeah. You know, they become the the angels and the devils on your shoulder. Um, and I didn't want to exclude it from the record because I think that's a big part of existence for humans. The you know the the one species that actually tries to rationalize everything that's going on, right? Um, I, I think that's a big part of it. You know where we come from and, and who we've learned from. And uh, I don't know. I, I heard what Chad was doing, and to me, I know. <clears throat> don't get me wrong. I know this is not a reggae song. <laughs> um, no, by any stretch, this is not like a Jamaica it's island. A song. It's no, not no, a no. song, but I wanted to arrange my chords and my melody in a different way, and it was more of I was trying to look for that kind of like mellow uh, spiritual reggae song kind of attack on on. Uh, you know, um, on a punk song. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I wanted it to be this kind of mellow, like, you know, which, which is hard to do. So I, I don't know if, 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 if I accomplished that, but I wanted it to be this super fast punk song that had this uh, angst, but I also wanted it to be like this, um, this, feeling of 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 uh beings that are that are trying to find really fi finally like find a settled place and uh i don't know i don't know you know what i mean i mean how do you talk about ghosts because you know i mean <laughs> right. how do you even talk about it because i'm not saying that they're real or anything I, i'm just saying um that that memory that you have you know and and how it sticks with you uh in the world and so you know i was like well shit you know i live i live on a on a highway right here that seems like ghosts are fl flying through all the time because I'm, I'm missing people all the time i'm losing people all the time and uh and uh they stick with me and, and i appreciate them sticking with me so I guess it's kind of that thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I, obviously the older you get, uh, the more of those people you have too, yeah. right? The, the longer that list gets. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's intense, I think. Um, and, and, and you don't want to forget about it, you know? Um, our, 
really good friend, um, our warehouse roommate just passed last year, uh, Dave Ellis. Uh, he was in a band that we shared a warehouse with called Loose Bearings. Um, friend, lifelong friends, all these guys. Uh, he died from cancer. He said, and, and, I, and I think maybe after I say this, we can move on to this. Um, he said, don't be bummed that it's over. Be stoked that it happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so that's how I like to look at it as um, it's not necessarily over, right? It happened. It was real, you yeah. know? Things are real, and and really, I, you know, I don't want to make this like a sad thing. I, I I was really just trying to include all the things that all the characters that I feel in the world, and some of them are animals, and some of them are people that act like animals, and some of them are gentle friends, and some of them are not, and some of them have passed. Yeah, but. That's part of the experience in, in the world. And, and that's that's what I wanted this album to be, you know. Uh, it is it is yet another example. I, I think the list of songs that I have that you've written over the years, lyrically especially, that mean something to me, or at least that have snippets that I just sort of like incorporate and say, Oh, that's really great. That's like wise well beyond my years, never mind his. But it's, there's a bunch of those moments on this album too. Uh, that that song's one of them. So thank, thank you, thank you. Thank does, you. Does hearing stuff like that? This is a weird question. Does hearing stuff like that still sort of resonate to you when you get what people take from your music, either lyrically or musically, or just what any of your bands have meant to them? Does that uh, stuff ever get older, weirder? No, it doesn't get old. It's really um, humbling. And, uh, and and I I'm very thankful, um, and and I take it very seriously, because um, music's been a, a serious thing to me. Um, Chad is in a band. Chad, right there on my screen, Chad. Chad is in Sam I Am. Chad's in Sam I Am, which is a um, fucking amazing me, band in and of itself. <laughs> not just an amazing band, but um, you know, out, outside of like, okay, so I, I learned how to play guitar really early. I started really early uh, and trumpet really early. Um, I loved Chuck Berry uh, growing up, the Beatles, um, Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton. Uh, I was just learning Muddy Waters. I was just learning kind of roots stuff growing up. Uh, moved down to Florida and all of a sudden, if you have a skateboard and a guitar, you're not allowed to hang out with anybody but the punk rockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then it was Minor Threat, Seven Seconds, uh, Misfits, GBH, DRI, uh, you know, the very first bands I heard. And then when I was, I don't know, 14, maybe 14 or something, I got that uh, 
first Sam I am seven inch. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I and I had had uh, a crimp shine seven inch, and I had a couple lookout seven inches before then. Uh, but that's why I bought the Sam I am seven inch because it was a, on lookout. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then they did the the underground twelve inch. And then the self-titled LP, and then they did Soar, and I was like, you know, by, by that time I think I'd heard a lot of stuff, uh, just different takes on how to do stuff. Um, but I was a guitar player. And the only bands that I'd been able to play bass in were played in live. They 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 have me as a bass player, um, which I wasn't a bass player. I, I'm a, I'm a terrible bass player. Um, I like playing bass, but I'm a terrible <laughs> bass player. Same um, here. That's why I'm doing interviews. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible at it. Yeah, I just don't have the mind for it. Uh, like, what you know, what Chad does and, and what Jason Black do. I can't even get my yeah. head around half the time. Um, it's totally different position, you know? It's like center field and shortstop, you know? Um, uh, like quarterback and, and left tackle. Yeah. You know? um, but, but anyway, anyway, um, and now I'm losing my track here, but um, when I heard sore, That's when I was like, and, and like I was like when I was a kid, I was trained to sing. I was trained to sing along with Chuck Berry, and like I, I would play, I could play and sing Chuck Berry songs. I could play and sing uh, Rolling Stones and Muddy Waters and Cheap Trick and that kind of stuff in the basic route. You know, I, I couldn't like play all the solos, you know, or all that. You know? um, but uh, I heard Sam I Am. <laughs> this is no joke i was like i heard jason singing and i and i was you know especially on that record <clears throat> I mean, and, and since then he's yeah. done so much more that has just blown me away but that was the record where i was like D oh my god i think i want to play guitar like Sergi <laughs> and sing like Jason. Like, I don't know how this happened, but, uh, but no, that was a really huge band in my life, really huge band in my life. And obviously not the only band in my life, you know, um, but, but, but a huge band in my life, you know, and, and Chad plays band and Ch Chad plays the bass in that band. And he's probably the best play bass player that I've heard in that band and I'm still, I'm still waiting for like this new album cause they're recording right now. You know, I can't wait to hear it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I the, love Sam I Am. The last Sam I Am album was, I guess, Trips in 2011. And it's a really good record. It, that's a great record. That's, that yep. is a super yep. underrated record too. I, it's yes. one of my probably two favorite Sam I Am records. Yes. And, yes. and I think I it had been like, underrated five years maybe between albums before trips and i remember commenting to sergi just through social media in like 2016 i said well it's been five years 
since trips and it was five years from the album before that so does that mean new sam i am album in 2016 he's just like uh no <laughs> uh no <laughs> and then he i mean he made racket club and ways away and all those other yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah he can't sit still that guy but uh no he's, uh, and no. he's you know and gosh i mean the draft we we got the tour with sam i am that was before chad was in the band but um I remember, <laughs> I mean, I've been lucky enough to have a few of these moments in my life. But, you know, when somebody said, do you want to go on tour with Sam I Am in Europe? I was like, <laughs> uh, tomorrow, you know, <laughs> let's fucking do this shit. Right. You know? Uh, I've been lucky enough to have a few of those moments in my life, but but um, I love those guys, and, and and I love the way that they address music, and uh, I love the way they write, and um, oh my god, what a great band! What a great band! I, I would say like this is uh, like kind of looping back to your question to Chris about. Um, like songwriters and having people ask about the songs and like what the lyrical, you know, like what the lyrics mean and stuff like that. It's really crazy to me that I play in a band with Chris and with Jason, who are both yeah, these yeah. guys who have written songs that people, I mean, really intensely connect with. And I'm True. in both of those bands. <laughs> you know, it's like I I I am not writing the lyrics, but it's you know, I, like I was uh, listening to a podcast. I was listening to the um, uh, Benny's podcast that going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember who they were interviewing, but I talked to Chris about this recently. But they were talking about like, you know, like the drummer or the bass player in a band like plays a show and goes outside and smokes a cigarette and has a beer, but the singer of the band ha is, you know, like talking to people about like, you know, people are like, oh, that song meant so much to me. Like I, you know, like you know this happens, person passed away and this thing happened to me and I was divorced and that song like pulled me through everything. But like, meanwhile, I'm just sitting there like I'm having a beer and no one even really like wants to talk to me or anything. But I play in a band with Chris and Jason. It's, <laughs> yeah, like, right. <laughs> it's like the two, like, you know, I mean, like in at least in my life, like the two most prominent songwriters and that do that, that people have that connection with. So I'm like, I was listening to that episode. And I was like, oh, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> and that's true because, like, when I was a kid, like, that's the kind of connection I had with Jason. I was just like, man, this isn't, this isn't like tough guy, New York hardcore. This isn't um, political. Um, this is just like a guy singing about his life. And, and I was like, man like the honesty that he, he sang with you know um it was unlike a lot of the stuff that i was hearing at the time yeah and, and i'm not saying i'm not look i'm not gonna say that um like seven seconds i love um and at that time as well, and has lasted through the years just, just as much. Um, but at that time, um, just Jason was so personal. Um, you know, it was so much 
um, I don't know. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful, and and I didn't see a lot of it before then. That that's when you know that's why I'm saying yeah. You know, this was a big thing to me. You know, like I didn't think it, the word emo hadn't happened. Yeah. You know, but I was like, there, there's something different happening here. Like this guy's like pouring his guts out into his lyrics. You know, and and not only that, but his voice is just ridiculous. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> Great band. Absolutely. I, I don't want to take up too much of your evening. I'm just realizing it's like 20 minutes of nine at this point. So we've been uh, well, talking for a long time, but this, is, this has been... Any, anything you want to talk about, I'm here to talk, man, because we scheduled it. So it's all up to you. And and I appreciate your time too. So I don't want to take the, up your time. This is... Uh, it's on the short list of things that rank up there with uh, touring Europe with Sam I Am for you. <laughs> If that uh, makes sense. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. Sometimes it's just like, fuck, yes, I want to do this. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it, I should say I would say that people should uh make sure that they pre-order the album because that's the thing you're supposed to say at this time, sort of in an interview and in a album yeah. release cycle, except that you can't buy it anymore. If you want it on physical copy, you're SOL. It is like you sold out true? of pre-orders. That's pretty fucking awesome. I had no idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> you... no i don't pay attention to that stuff too much uh it, that kind of stuff stresses me out yeah you know? that... like um yeah I, I i don't like reading reviews and you know um all i hope is that every you know a label has to invest money into it and so I, I just hope that nobody loses money on, on, <laughs> on anything i'm doing that, i mean that, it know. seems like you're off to a good start uh, that's got to be sort of a, a a reassuring thing to know that people are that excited about it right to it, just to sell out is. of vinyl options before it even is released is pretty to me that would be a pretty cool thing it well of course it is yeah. of course it is i mean it's it's very humbling. It's very very humbling. Um, I I will say that when when I, when I called Kate about this, um, she said, "Why? Why are you asking me to do this?" Uh, and and I was like, "Well, what do you mean?" She was like, "No, seriously, why on earth are you asking me to do this? This this is barely even a label." Like, um, we're not gonna do anything. Um, we're just gonna put out, and I was like, well, Kate, I mean, I, I'm just looking for a friend um, to work with, and to tell you the truth, we're not gonna go on tour either. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we're not gonna go on tour. I, I'm just trying to do an art project um and and i hope we can look at it in a different way than uh, like like booking tours and, and stuff like that and I, I hope we can do it you know like in a cost effective way to where like we get to do this art project 
and um, you know, I, I don't think most people want to hear that, mm. um, especially record labels. Mm -hmm. um, and and so I got to say, I'm just really lucky to have made some really beautiful friends through the years that have enabled me to to do what I'm doing because. I'm not doing it in any sort of way that is going to, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to cut myself off at the knees, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when ship thieves are, are in the warehouse, we are just in the warehouse. We're not dreaming about where this is going to take us a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> this is, we're just trying to write some music. And we're trying to do an awesome album because we know through our own experience, it's pretty hard to convince somebody to do it, you know, like, um, and so we feel like we're, we're pretty lucky and, and, and we, we try to have as much fun as possible and, and also take it as serious as possible and also when i'm playing chad and darts i am trying to win every single time all right i'm trying to win <laughs> i'm not gonna lose anymore i'm not gonna lose anymore tell you what chad not yeah. Gonna lose anymore. yeah like in in following up on that like what chris was saying like i i was listening to the record recently uh i've had to listen to the record like a lot of times working on different like things for the record coming out you know and like doing the mastering working on the mastering and then like doing art stuff or whatever but i was i listened to it as like a, a just to listen to it recently uh and i was thinking about exactly what chris was saying i was like man this is such a fucking rad record to make because there was no there was like this is just the four friends in a warehouse writing these songs. And like, I remembered when every single song was born, like I was just listening to it. And I remember like when I was talking about Chris coming in with Viral and man, yeah. like, I've got the missing piece, man. And like all these things that happened when we were writing the record. And uh, it was this really enjoyable listen because there wasn't some like, oh, we're making this because this label we have, it's been this long since we've made a record or whatever. Like, oh no, we finally have, Chris is like, I have the, the, the concept is done. The record is done. We have the songs. We're stoked about the songs. Let's go record it with our friend Ryan, who we love going to record with. Like, you know, like he's a- Ryan is such an amazing person. Yeah, like Ryan is a big part of our team. And then, so it's like, you know, we, the four of us have this record that we've written and then we go record it with Ryan and and then like Kate puts it out and it's like this is this really cool thing like this is team and like there's like no one's shaky on the team you know it's yeah, like yeah, our team really, like yeah. it's, it's like yeah. it's like uh doesn't it feel awesome man doesn't doesn't yeah. doesn't okay doesn't this doesn't putting out this record feel more awesome i don't know why absolutely but absolutely. i like it it's been a really nice experience like put putting this putting this together and and just like i don't know man and especially i think especially for me 
when when I'm calling up, I'm calling up Kate. This is this is my sister. This is my <laughs> like me and Kate have been around the world together. You know, like I love that girl. She she is beautiful and amazing, and she's friends with my wife. Like all of our friends are friends together. You know, um, and, and so it just feels. It just felt really great the, the whole time. And I think we needed that kind of, um, you know, because we're, we're not like the band that's going, okay, we got to get on tour with this. We're No, we're not doing it. You know, we're, oh, we got to get, we don't have managers. <laughs> you know? Like I've had managers in, and I've had some managers that I really, really loved like really, really great people. Um, but Ship Thieves is just not that band. And and we're getting to explore some stuff and we're just so lucky to have some friends that, that I, I don't know. I mean, they're sticking their neck out for us in so many ways and and, and you just can't help but be humble. When, when when somebody says yes i'm gonna i'm gonna help you put out this record mm. that, that you've been working on for <laughs> yeah. for however long you know which is you know it's not like going to work of course you know like going to the warehouse that's like going to the clubhouse you know i mean is you know you're not working but you're working you're sweating your ass off Florida summer, you know? <laughs> Florida summer. That that's a that's a beast to be out there, you know. Um, Have you been able to do much of that since COVID oh, and all that? Or absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, it's it's been really, really, really difficult. Um, but uh, my wife has gotten her vaccine. Uh, my wife's mother has gotten her vaccine who you know lives close um, so I have to imagine that pretty soon uh, we'll start being able to get our vaccines and uh, and and be able to feel comfortable going out there um, you know uh, we do try to do stuff uh, you know through email working on stuff working yeah. on ideas um, like uh, when we were working on that Midnight Oil cover, uh, that's kind of how we had to do it. Um, but yeah, none of us want to be stupid. So of course, you know, if somebody's in the middle of a room screaming and spitting <laughs> everywhere, um, that's not very helpful. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> that's not very helpful. But um and we want it to be fun. You know, it's like the it's like right now isn't necessarily like a super fun time and like I, I I mean just yeah like the thing we've been talking about like recording the last record creating and recording that last record was like this really enjoyable experience. We took our time on it. It was fun and like right now it seems so like going out in the warehouse would be like you stand over there. Yeah, you, I would imagine you know, it'll feel sketchy for a while. I want to, you know, stand next yeah. to two darts and and not really worry about who's breathing on each other. Or something right. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And and I think that that's like super realistic. And um, 
you know, there's some stuff we can do, but of course, I, I think if you're being um, thoughtful about uh, yourself and, and the people around you, I, I think that being in a, in a where, even though we do have one of the bigger warehouses in town, which is a fact, um, there's multiple bands in our warehouse. So really our space yeah. where we're hanging out is kind of closed in and, and it's just not that smart to do it. It's just not that smart to do it. We'll be getting back at it very soon because we have some projects ahead of us that we want to do. Um, but we're going to do it smart, you know? So that, that means having to work a little slower, you know, where you, you, maybe you work on music at the warehouse and everybody's got their masks on. And, and then when I go home, then I can work on vocals, you know, here in my living room, yeah, you know, or something like that. Um, but yeah, of course, of course it's changing everything. Um, I don't know anybody that plays music that hasn't had to completely reassess how they're doing business. Um, and I don't mean just doing business. I, I mean, like even just writing a song. Yeah. How the hell are we going to do this? Yeah. You know, um, if you're in a warehouse with your drummer and bass player and guitar player uh, in this, and that's just our layout um, or any other layout. If you're in the warehouse, you can be like, hey, let's play through that, right? And then when you're done, four minutes later, you can be like, hey, try it like this or try it like that or let's do this instead. But when you're doing with email, um, that becomes really hard to do. Oh, sure. Because it's, did you mean this? And it's like, no, I didn't mean that. Um, uh, like Hot Water is going through the same thing. And I'm sure every other band is going through the same thing. Uh, you know, but it, it's not like, I think at this point, you know, we're all people that are more just compelled to play music. Um, it's not really... It's not even that there's a plan. It's just like, I wake up in the morning and I go, oh, what about this? <laughs> you know? And, 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 you know, and there's no real plan. You just, you just go, I, I'm just kind of compelled. Uh, just it's now in my nature to keep working with my friends and, and trying to do people into uh, putting out our records. Now, now. <laughs> no, and I mean, you know, I'm joking. That's obvious. Of course. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm hoping for the best every time. Yeah. You know, I'm always hoping for the best. Um, but uh, that's what it feels like sometimes. Because you know you're just one of a million people out there writing songs. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm still very humbled. Uh even when, you know, even if I put out my own record, which, you know, Hot Water has done once and, and Show Crow Mags did twice. Uh, even if we're doing it ourselves, I just feel humble. 
to be able to be like, because I don't know, man, I was young. And the first time I went in a studio, I said, what's that? What? <laughs> what? How? How am I here? And the next time I was there, I was like, how? And I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to earn my spot in that studio. You know, I'm just trying to earn my spot every time. Uh, it's 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 a wonderful thing, you know, to grow up as a kid that like a wax record was like the coolest thing I ever saw when I was a kid, and to be able to make them now, um, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome that when the when the box comes in the mail and you open that up and your record is sitting there. You just go, holy fucking shit. And the world stops. Okay. The world stops. Whatever anybody was talking to you about, that's over. Right. And you just walk straight to the record player and you're like, I've been waiting to do this. You know, usually it's a year or two. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I've been waiting to hear this on wax because guitars never sound better than when they're on wax. Drums, vocals, bass, nothing sounds better than when it's on wax. And 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 and, and you just feel like you're getting to, you know, it makes you feel like a kid again. It really does. It's really neat. It's a neat thing. Yeah, our our like our text messages when the records were coming in, you know, it's like we sound like a like we're it's our first time ever putting yeah, out yeah, right. Yeah. We're like Chris is like sending us pictures. I'm like, oh, can I go? Can I come get mine tomorrow? You know, like it's like, you know, it's like, when can I go get my copies? You know, like we're all so like I'm sure there are so many bands that are like, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, oh cool, I get my records sent or whatever. We're like, oh, what like show me every angle of it. And, you know, Chris yeah. is like taking detailed pictures for us. And yeah. Oh <laughs> man, I really love the paper that they printed the cover on. Yeah. It really yeah. works for this. You know, which I actually sent Richard, our artist, I, I sent him that text. I said, oh, my God, man, the paper that they printed your art on is amazing. And he was like, yes. <laughs> and he's not even looking at it. Or not even in the band. You know? But, that, but that's, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I'll be back in one second. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that it, that speaks to the sort of authenticity uh, behind the project and the amount of fun that everybody's having with the project. And I think there's probably a reason that the band is as good as it is because you all enjoy it and enjoy the little stuff like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much, uh, just like the interactions in the practice space where like while writing or just via text talking about songs, like like I was saying when I was listening to all the songs, uh, like just thinking about those interactions and you know, like certain songs, they all have these little stories just in like the musicianship, let's say, right? Like it has nothing to do with what Chris was even saying in the song, but like just yeah. how you're approaching the song or like where a little certain part came from. And those little things are like, that's fun. Like that is just super fun thinking that like no one's ever going to know where the drum beat that we <laughs> got from this one song, what the idea was and what conversations happened at the warehouse. But like, I know that and I think it's super fun. And like, oh, I get it's super fun. I hear that kind of thing. And like, you know, and it's super that, fun. <laughs> it's super fun. Like, 
like being like, sorry, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> this, this song start this again. This song starts with a drum fill. Wow. <laughs> Why is that? Well, we have a reason. <laughs> we have a vision. <laughs> and yeah, and like you know, the core like the course that some songs took in writing them, the you know, like some songs started out completely different. Like some riffs started out uh like one one song My Ruling Man was a huge change. I don't even remember that one changing. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's that. But you remember remember that when I, I was like, having a hard time with it. Yeah, I was like, okay, now we count it different, and 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 it was a it was a huge change. It was uh, it used to be in like an odd time signature and had like another kind of like overlapping um, thing with it. And and uh, and then one day I just kind of sat down and kind of played it by myself instead instead of trying to like make it like this multi layered thing and uh, and then I started following the vocal thing that I was doing which honestly that was I, I took that because of conversations I've had with Bouncing Souls, Pete and, 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 and Brian and Greg, uh, you know, how are you, anyway, anyway. But I was like, I'm just gonna follow the vocals here of what I wanna do. And, and, and that ended up meaning, I'm gonna follow the lyrical thought instead of the vocal. And uh, and then I ended up switching things. And um, um, what's the what's the line? So um, we keep thinking back. Oh yeah, we keep thinking backwards is is the line in the chorus, and we stumble over it. Yeah. And that was, and that was because I completely changed the way that that chorus hit and i, I that turned it around i turned it around to completely 180 degrees and i was like i want us to lean into this a different way um so the song used to flow completely differently um uh but that's how that lyric came out was more like i was trying to yell to the guys like <laughs> backwards man backwards think about you gotta twist this shit um because we had been playing that song for like six months with a completely different arrangement and then i was like oh now i know what i want to do and it changed all the timings of this of, of almost everything for everybody and uh it took a while it took probably another two months um because one once you're used to hearing a song a certain way, if somebody like changes the beat on you or changes where, uh, I call it like the landmarks in the song, you yeah. know, we, like, like, like if I'm trying to give you directions, like, hey, go up to the gas station, take a left, you know, and then head down two blocks and take a right, you know. Um, 
so that's kind of the way I think about songs. Like we go here and then we go there. Um, wait for this to happen. <laughs> and, and so then I took away all those cues. Um, and the song used to play a completely different way. And, and, and I had to kind of sit back and forget about what we'd been doing on, on, the, on the drums and bass, on the rhythm section side of stuff, and be like, no, I actually want the vocals to flow through this riff a different way than they originally had been, um, which meant that we had to change like our landmarks. And, and it, it, took, it took a little while, but I think it only took a little while because our band, which is probably the same as every other band in the world, um, we have really nice guitar amps and bass amps and drums, and we have a very underpowered PA. <laughs> <laughs> right? So like, I kept being like, follow the vocals. And they're like, can't hear you. And I'm like, hold on, let me turn my guitar up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and that seems like a process that would be almost impossible to do or to rework a song like that over email. Like that seems like a, a you have um, to get the feel to it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I I just think every song is its own thing, and 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 I really do believe that. Um, like I was saying earlier, I really do think, um, and I'm trying to think of a, a quote I heard um, recently uh, about artists or you know different kinds of artists and and musicians are the kind of artists where they feel very comfortable um, uh, exploring. Um, like similar surroundings, okay? Um, you're not trying to invent new surroundings. Um, so yeah, to me, music is, is kind of like uh, a different than a lot of ours. I, th I think music is more like, you're, you're not really creating things. It's more like you're landing on a beach and then you're exploring what's there. Um, you know, you, you find a chord progression and you follow it. You find a vibe and you follow it. Um, but by no means are you inventing anything. You're, mm -hmm. you're not inventing anything. You're not creating anything, especially in American rock music. You, you got 12 tones to play with. Um, so you're just trying to find what's there. And, and a lot of times I, I think that people overinflate their egos or like, oh, you know, I discovered this. I don't know. We're all kind of walking around the same uh, <laughs> land. You know, we're, we're all landing at the same place. And, and some of us focus on these things more and some of us focus on these things more. Um, but I think of it more as discovery than, than creativity and and, and so I, I think it's really just a wonderful thing if you can uh, communicate with people uh, in this medium. It's, it's, it's fascinated me my whole life, you know. Um, 
you can paint pictures. Uh, you know, I mean, like I, like I was saying, you know, Muddy Waters, you know, jeez, uh, Louise, you know, I mean, the pictures, you know, um, Chuck Berry, the Beatles, um, all that Roots Rock, I just saw like, man, I, you know, I never wanted to be like, well, that's a lie. I did want to be Eddie Van Halen. But, <laughs> but my first real guitar teacher said, no, I don't want you to do that. Like, he wanted me to be more of a Malcolm Young than a Angus Young, you know? And, uh, and, and I just love it. I just love it. You're exploring things that people have already explored, but, but you're able to find new things. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, you could explore with this group of people or this group of people, and you're going to find different things, even on the same ground. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and um, so, yeah, you know, I, I just think it's super humbling to have a chance to even uh, be able to do a record, let alone to be able to keep doing them. Um, and, and it's really, when, when you find, you know, when I was younger, I never had any idea what like chemistry meant, you know, but growing up and you, you start meeting people, you know, um, like for instance, a friend of mine, uh, he's got a kid that's like uh, 15, he's in his first band and he, he's like, my kid's so frustrated because all of his bandmates keep flaking out and he's like, what should I tell him? And I was like, tell him to enjoy where he is. Because right now it's just fun. Yeah, right. Hopefully. You know? And hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully it's just fun. And, you know, later you'll meet people that you'll connect with and it'll get serious. But just enjoy where you're at because, like, there's no promises. You know, I've been really lucky. I, I, you know, I, I get to play with Chad Darby, Bobby Brown, Addison Burns. George Rubello, Chuck Reagan, Jason Black. I'm a really lucky guy. Yeah. But like, this is all about growing up together. You know, I, I also have friends like uh, have Gunwell Travel. Th those guys have grown up together their whole life since we were all in high school. They grew up together, you know, and I, I you know, I just say, you know, to that, to that friend of mine, I, I say, tell your kid, just enjoy it, man. Right. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Because he's going to eventually meet somebody that is also serious and loves the same things he does, you know? And that's almost like a marriage, right? You know? Yeah. Like, like, sooner or later, you meet somebody in your kindred spirits, you know? Uh, but don't rush it, you know? Because the best thing about it is is when you get to okay i'm gonna quote ray wiley hubbard here <laughs> <laughs> when my gratitude is higher than my expectations yeah i seem to have really good days <laughs> and that's something to live by my friend I did not expect a Ray Wiley Hubbard quote on this episode. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's a quote. That's a oh, really, yeah. that that that's some shit to live by. 
you know? And he was talking about like playing music when yeah. he said that. He's talking about his family and he was talking about like giving his long whole life this is my guitar he's talking about giving it to his son he's talking about his wife he's and, and i think that's super true man if you can keep your gratitude higher than your expectations then you will have really good days and i i know that that's weird that i'm like quoting ray wiley hubbard almost like i'm quoting like confucius or something <laughs> but i think that that's legit yeah. i think that's legit yeah, his uh, his um, episode of Austin City Limits was just on a couple of weeks ago, and they filmed it during quarantine, so it's got this really weird vibe to it. But I haven't it, seen it. it. Yeah, it was great. It was on PBS a couple of weeks ago. It's probably online, but and his kid plays guitar in his band with him. It, it's it's phenomenal. Did he, like, did he have the gold top Les Paul? Yeah, yeah. That's in the song. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Called Mother Blues. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother right. Blues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I only said that because um, me and my me and my mom talk about music a lot, and and I I, I give her um, I, my my dad was into music too. Like my dad's records were the first ones I got into, Same. which was like uh, Neil Diamond, Hot August Night, uh, Leonard Skinner's second, second album. Uh, you gotta, I was from Flint, so you gotta have Bob Seger in there. Um, but really my mom, her, you apparently grew up at my house. <laughs> her, her musical taste, my mom's musical taste was, went, it went more to like Ike Cantina and, uh, and, and R&B, you know, the Motown stuff. Um, but, uh, we talk about, music a lot we talk about music a lot she's not a musician but we talk about music a lot and uh and uh, we were talking about that song the other day she always loved the song called uh poke salad annie by uh yeah. elvis did it but uh it was written by oh god i can't remember his name um but the whole song mother blues is based on the beat of poke salad annie and like in the middle of the song he starts playing poke salad annie and then at the end of the song he says that quote yeah. i hope i'm saying it's the right song but I'm <laughs> <laughs> no i think you're right since, since i'm since i'm on the record right now. <laughs> um we've blown through nine o'clock so uh i'll I won't keep you guys much longer. This is okay. I only have a few other things I really want to talk about. <laughs> What's your list? I, I, I mean, <laughs> listen, by the, I don't mean to cut it off. I like I could no, talk I'm, about this for I'm days kidding, at a time. I've got 15 years worth of questions for you. <laughs> um, hey man, if you ever want to do it again, you ever want to do any follow up, you just let me know. Yeah, yeah, I I greatly appreciate the opportunity to talk to both of you. Uh, like I said, it's I've been a huge Ship Thieves fan, let alone a Sam I Am fan and a Hot Water fan for a long time. Uh, and I love the new record. And I think that it's a good sign that you can't even buy it anymore. 